It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is the Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity, and she joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I am good. Thanks. Okay, so let's get these markets in shape here. How are they looking? Yeah, markets have been really heading higher again over the past week, and because of the things that you and I have been talking about, of course, the vaccine optimism and stimulus hope. So those are really the two things that are driving uh, markets higher. And we also have news that the European Central Bank is expected to announce another round of stimulus, 500 billion euros on Thursday. And again, you know, we're seeing help like that around the world, except, of course, in the U.S., they continue to negotiate, uh, even on a uh, on a smaller stimulus bill, but they still uh, haven't got that sealed, signed, and delivered. And the problem with that, uh, this could cut off unemployment benefits to about 12 million people and leave millions facing eviction. So we definitely need to see something get done. They're talking about, uh, you know, having a solution by the end of this year. But, of course, that deadline has been pushed down the, the road a few times already. And, of course, vaccines appear to be, uh, you know, being sent around the world, including Canada here. We're going to have several hundred thousand doses uh, by the year end, actually. So that's positive. And despite markets hitting new highs, you know, we continue to hear um, investor concerns on the markets being overpriced, and there's a lot of articles out there that are meant to trigger fear that, uh, you know, some clients uh, want to send to us. And again, the reality is, is that huge months like November, when we saw an, uh, like a 10% gain, right. tend to be the start of a new bull market, not the end. And even though it's probably going to be bumpy for a little bit, uh, historically, when you have a big month like that, the, fo- the following 12 months are positive over 80% of the time with an average gain of about 12%. Again, this isn't going to go straight up. Uh, you know, there's obviously going to be news about the Senate uh, in the U.S. in January, which could uh, change things a bit, could set markets off lower. We're probably going to have softer economic data in January, reflect these lockdowns, but overall, this vaccine changes the game. And as I've been saying, the worst is behind us, in my opinion. Last March, things are only going to get better from here. Okay, well, that's good. Staying positive, right? Uh, let's talk about those Canadian employment numbers as well and how the dollar is doing. Yeah, you know, the unexpected kind of positive news last week was that the jobs report in Canada was that 62,000 new jobs were added in November versus 20,000 was expected, and unemployment dropped to 8.5% from 8.9%. And gains were mainly in like retail, construction, uh, transportation, uh, in the finance sector as well. Uh, but what was really good news is that BC continues to lead in the national recovery, and so our province has... Uh, about a 7.1% unemployment rate right now, which is the third lowest in the country, uh, still 2% higher than about 12 months ago, but still way off its worst level. And then the dollar. We, we're we getting a lot of questions about currency, um, which makes sense. Uh, we also hold a lot of uh, U.S. stocks. And so when we see the Canadian dollar rising, the question is, is, how far will it go, right? And what we've seen is that because of kind of the stimulus that Canada's going to provide, uh, we've got uh, also oil rallying back to $45 a barrel, uh, some of these things is what's uh, kind of propelled the Canadian dollar to new highs. And do I think that's going to continue forever? No, I don't. 
Uh, I think still the U.S. economy was stronger going into this thing. I think the U.S. economy is going to be stronger coming out of it. So, again, you know, we're kind of at the mercy of the U.S.-Canadian dollar sometimes. Sometimes uh, it helps performance. Sometimes it hinders performance. Uh, But overall, uh, definitely still happy to be in U.S. stocks going forward. Okay. Uh, I saw a phrase the other day, Laurie, and maybe you could explain to me what this means. But what is tax loss selling? Yeah, so tax loss selling, uh, we review, you know, any client accounts at this time or really over the, kind of the past couple of weeks to see if there's anything we could sell at a loss. Again, we have a different strategy where we sell things that are going down before they create a real problem, but not everybody does. And so you may find that in December, you're looking at your statement, you may be holding a bunch of, say, energy stocks. I mean, that's the one sector that really got pummeled this year um, on the downside. And so the question is, should you be selling some of those in order to put that against any of your gains? So that's what you're able to do. You you actually want to create a loss, which can offset a capital gain from another investment, not just a stock investment. It could be from the sale of an investment property as well. So any capital gains that you, that you have. So the three things you kind of need to ask yourself, um, you know, do you need to uh, realize any losses that uh, need to offset any gains that you possibly had now or in the past three years? So you can take those losses that you triggered today and take them back three years. So if you sold an investment property two years ago and you trigger some losses this year, you might actually be able to get some money back, which is great because if you can get money back from the government, it's always positive. Uh, and then, yeah. of course, you know, do you have any unused losses from the previous year uh, or previous previous years, you want to look at that too. And lastly, you know, do you want to continue holding that stock because you can't buy it back for 30 days? So if you sell a stock today and trigger that loss, you can't buy it back for 30 days. Remember, keep in mind, if you like that holding, it could go higher. So you just have to be aware of that. But overall, definitely you want to use the, um, you know, this this strategy if you if you need some losses and if you have some losses again uh, we're not really in that situation this year it's still been a good year of markets but those of you out there that own you know possibly cannabis stocks or you own energy stocks you may have some big losses and you might want to take those right okay that makes sense uh, let's talk about spending during this holiday season now as well I know a lot of people we you try to work from a budget it doesn't always work that way but this year it just seems like all bets are off yeah, you know, it does. I mean, obviously, this is a much different holiday season than we're used to. Uh, we're not able to spend it with family unless they're in our household, which we all fully understand. Uh, but still, you know, sending a small gift here or there to your loved ones, uh, you know, may uh, send some uh, holiday, holiday cheer their way. And so we're looking at, you know, how can you kind of keep things uh, within a budget one is possibly having a, you know, doing a secret Santa where you're not buying gifts for everybody. Uh, we talked about um, setting a holiday spending limit, right? Because a lot of people get overexcited, and this year has been a tough one. It's easy to go on Amazon, pull out your MasterCard, and, you know, uh, spend away. But uh, January rolls around, and you get your statement, right? So, yeah. you know, there's another idea of making something or baking something for somebody. Again, you need to watch out with COVID, especially if you're cooking for others. But, again, just an idea. Instead of, you know, buying something... Um, you know, from uh, online or at the mall, just, you know, you know, getting into the kitchen and actually uh, put something together with your own two hands is, is a nice idea. 
and also avoid self-gifting this year. This was funny. We, we saw about 60% of Canadians spend on average $130 each holiday season buying gifts for themselves. Lori, Lori, please don't don't take that away from me. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can go in for a little uh, spa treatment while you're at the mall, you know. But well, I deserve something out of the, the tree with my name actually. on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also donating to charity on people's behalf. That's another one that, you know, I've, I, I'm doing for some people. Uh, makes sense. You know, there's a lot of people in need this year and uh, in our local community. So uh, donating charity, as you, toy drives, any of those things. There's a lot of uh, people in our community that need our help. So, so those are a few ideas to, you know, keep within a budget and uh, some good gift ideas as well. Well, those are excellent ideas. So, Lori, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks so much to me. Have an awesome week. You too. That's Lori Pinkowski. She's the Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Now, if you want to contact the Pinkowski Wealth Management Team directly, you can just give them a call. Their number is 604-695-LORI, or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.